So as we continue um, in worship, I wanted to um, invite us to listen to the reading of Romans 5, 1 through 5. And each week, um, we've invited people in our church family to read those verses. And one of the ways that we want to stay connected to our missionaries is by allowing opportunities for you all to stay in relationship with them. And so I would love it if you would listen in as our missionaries, our very own missionaries from all over the world, have submitted their way of reading Romans, 1, Romans 5, 1 through 5. Let's be blessed by the reading of the word. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access by faith into His grace, in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Kambulia, pervoyan, the pervoya spresen. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. Y esta esperanza no nos defrauda, porque Dios ha derramado su amor en nuestro corazón. Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us. Wow. That was powerful. I don't know if it's my love for God's word or this text that we've been digging in or folks on the front lines, but um, uh, it's my turn to go and, I, and I'm a little choked up here. Um, that was awesome. Let's, thanks. Some of you guys, some of those guys that are reading were, are on the call with us right now. So thank you for doing that. Um, our hearts are with you, but man, thanks for bringing the word. As we come to um, God's word, as I come to preach, uh, as we go through the rest of this, um, partway through the rest of this text, I realize that um, maybe for the first time in 10 years, I've gotten out of the habit of us praying with our hands out every time we come to God's word. Um, uh, when I preach, that's something I like to do. Would you join me in that? Let's, let's uh, ask God to speak to us through his word. So let's put our hands out. This is a symbol of our receptivity before him, our palms up. Father God, we come to you believing that you have inspired this word and that you have a word for me today. And so our hands are out as a symbol that we wanna hear from you, God. We want you to pour out from heaven all that you have for us today, the truth that we need, the correction of how it is we've been thinking, the rescue from lies and deceit and, um, and confusion, um, the hope that we need, the um, encouragement, because we need courage, um, the truth that we just haven't understood yet and it's missing in our lives. God, our hands are out saying, would you pour out from heaven so that I might hear from you? I don't want to miss your word, God. 
Don't let me leave here the same as I came this morning. But by the same spirit who inspired this word, now illuminate it so that I might hear from you today. That's our prayer, God. Speak for your servants are listening. And all God's people said, amen. Man, okay, I'm pulling it together. Um, that was, uh, that's, it's so good to be together, church. I, I, I love being together. Um, and uh, no matter how we're going to be together or, or how it's going to change going forward or how we're going to alter it, it's still God's people being together. There's power in it. Um, I hope you have the text in front of you. If you don't, I'd love you to grab a hold of it. Um, I had, we sent a PDF out if that's the easiest way for you to do that, or if you have your Bible or you have a different um, device than the one you're looking at to be able to grab a hold of, um, of the scriptures in front of you. Because we want to go back and look at, at this idea, this progression that we've been talking about in these scriptures. I hope you've been memorizing it. Uh, I think I've got it now. Um, I've been working on it for all, all these weeks, but um, we want that to, that, that this word to go deep into our, our soul. Um, we've been talking about this progression, remember? It, it's, you know, it, it starts with that idea of suffering, produces perseverance, and then perseverance, character, and now character, hope is what I'm going to talk about today. That's kind of the middle chunk of that, that idea of, of there's a progression, that, that, that one good thing leads to another, that one thing is built upon another. That's sort of a spiritual reality. That, that's sort of the concept of righteousness, as a matter of fact, that one thing will build on the other until uh, we have all that is that God wants to give us. It's, it's actually embedded in everything that we see. It's a spiritual reality that's embedded in, in, in life as a whole. Um, you know, I, no matter what it is, I, I'm going to brag on my kids a little bit right now. Like I, you know, All of my kids, when I look at where they are, um, it's easier to, for me to watch because I'm watching their life and God, are you going to take care of them? And, and uh, did I wreck them too badly or whatever? But I watch how they've made choices and good choices that were rooted in character and righteousness led to opportunities that then led to other choices that led to other opportunities, right? That led to development in them. And it wasn't all good. It wasn't all easy, but it was one thing built on the other until God was able to reveal his will uh, in them. You know, I just love that concept to be able to share with my young adult uh, kids who are now, they're now older than young adult kids. But, you know, even my youngest, Tommy, I remember um, finding out that, that, you know, an internship at the Seattle Mariners led him to all these incredible relationships because people knew that he was someone who was a great coworker and who knew how to work hard. Just those two things uh, opened up opportunities for him. And uh, so then he had friends in different places and got a job with the Texas Rangers because of it. And then looking for a permanent position, ended up with the Oakland Athletics, which is his dream that he's working in Major League Baseball, hashtag furloughed right now. But that's an awesome, like, it was like, dude, you worked hard to be the man of character and people recognized it. And it opened up relationships that opened up job opportunities that opened up your dream job. Like, I love that. I love to, to see that unfold in someone's life. Well, that's sort of the spiritual reality that this text is talking about, that one thing is going to lead to another. Do you have that text in front of you? I want to review it just a little bit as we get down to this phrase of character leading to hope that is a focus of our time today. But when you look back at that at text in Romans, these let me just summarize this thing. This first two verses is, hey, good news. Guess what? We're saved and we're going to heaven. And we're going to see total victory finally one day and we'll be with him. It's, that's the part of therefore, since we've been justified through faith, 
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access into this grace in which we now stand. We're, we're standing totally forgiven. And, and it says, and then we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, like we're going to be with him. All of those theological terms, all the throughs, and I hope you go back and you know what each of those phrases means. But uh, all of that is like, hey, guess what? We're saved. We're going to heaven. We're going to have victory one day. We're going to be, we're good with God and let's rejoice in that. And so that's what it says. And so we rejoice in the hope. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. And then it goes on to go, oh yeah, but hang on. Not just that, like eternal, like good news, like woohoo, Jesus, but we're also going to boast or, or glory in our sufferings. And Ben preached on that a couple of weeks. We're going to glory in our sufferings. So it's, hey, there's good news. We're going to be with Jesus. And then also, guess what? It's good news that you actually can suffer right now. It's not good news that we suffer, but it's good news in the midst of our suffering. And so we're going to be able to rejoice, rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because those sufferings are going to produce something good in us. There's going to be good fruit that's going to come from it. One thing is going to build on the other, this progression that we just were talking about. And so good news, yeah, rejoice that we're going to go to heaven. We're good with God right now. But guess what? Rejoice in your sufferings. Why? Because even in the midst of suffering, God's going to do some incredible things. And then it leads us to that progression. There's three, there's three parts of that progression, remember? So give, give, me the, give, me, give me the three, right? First one is like this one is suffering produces perseverance, right? Suffering produces perseverance. That's the beginning. Rejoice in our sufferings. Rege- suffering produces perseverance. We talked about that in a sermon a couple of weeks ago. You know, if we let it and we don't bail out, then going through this thing, the beginning of the progression is if we make good choices in the midst of that, if we hang in there, even though we don't think we're going to be able to survive, if we hang in with God, then it's going to begin this progression of good things. I mean, this, this, uh, did I, did I tell you? Oh no, I didn't tell you, but I'll, I'll tell you right now that, um, I was looking at my notes to say, did I, did I say this already? Um, this idea of suffering produces perseverance. Like if we just hang in there, it's going to begin this process of good things. I remember my first job that I was like, I mean, it felt like suffering. It's so dumb, but it was so, you know, like, oh gosh, I mean, like, I got to get out of bed and I got to get on three different buses and I got to go to this place and I got to, I got to be there all day long till five o'clock. And I mean, I was like 15 and I was like, this is the worst ever. Like my friends were hanging out and I had to go to this thing. And I didn't think after the first week, I was so exhausted. Have you tried to get a 15 year up out of bed to get onto three buses, 6am? Like those of you teenagers, you know this. And I thought, I don't think I'm going to survive this. Like, I don't think that this is going to be, I go, I'm going to have to quit this job. And I remember thinking the first couple of weeks, like, okay, I'm just out of here. I'm going to quit it. And yet what happened was as I continued through that and hung in there and I was walking with God through it too. I was a young Christian asking God for help. I hung in there and it began to get easier, right? That's what happens. Jonathan and uh, my friend, Jonathan and I were out on a bike ride yesterday. He's like, Hey, listen, why don't we ride up the loop to Alpine Lake, Pine Mountain and Alpine Lake, and then up to the seven sisters and all this crazy mountains. And I'm like, no, listen, that is a stupid idea. And the reason I felt like it was a stupid idea was that I hadn't worked up those steps to where good choices had led me to be able to be in that place where that could happen. Suffering produces perseverance. If we hang in there, then we develop some stuff. That's the beginning of the progression. 
And then the second one, number two, what's the second progression? Perseverance produces character. And Ben talked about that last week. But what happens there is that when we do hang in there with God, we change, we get stronger. I mean, the metaphor is that we see that in exercise all the time, that if you hang in there, you don't bail out, you don't take the easy way out, then you actually change. And this is a spiritual reality. We will become different people because we hang in there trusting God. How does that work? Why does that work that way? Because we've not given up on God being the answer to everything that we're longing for. We're not giving up and going and satisfying ourselves and self-medicating or just taking the easy way out or checking out. We're going to hang in there with God. And so what happens is our character changes. So that's the second progression, right? So suffering produces perseverance. We get it. Perseverance produces character. We get that. We know like, oh, that'll build character in you. You hang in there. That's right. It does change you. But this third progression that I want to talk about for the rest of our time, it doesn't make as much sense, does it? Character produces hope. Do you see the text? Character, hope. That doesn't ring its true as fast. That, that idea of why would character produce hope? And I just want you to reflect on this question for 60 seconds. If you journal on it, uh, um, and if you're with somebody this morning watching, ask this question, 60 seconds, why or how does character produce hope? Does that make sense to you? Why or how does character produce hope? See if you can't begin to put some thoughts to that. 60 seconds, reflect on this thought. So let me interrupt you. So it's not as sort of um, um, easy to come up with that thought, right? Like character, how come character would produce hope? Well, this is the main point, and I don't want you to miss this. This is it. This is, I think this is embedded in the scriptures. I read all the stuff about hope, and I reflected on this in the word of God all week long. Here's the point, I think, that when you've gone into a period of struggle, um, like every day, for all of us, there's some struggle, there's some suffering in life every day, small, medium, large. When you go into a period of some struggle and you waited faithfully for God, that's what perseverance is, then you will have seen him rescue and heal and comfort and solve and sustain you. Let me say that again. Let me, these caveats, listen, when you go into a period of some struggle and you've waited faithfully for God and leaned into him, that's perseverance then you will have seen him rescue you and heal you and comfort you and solve problems and sustain you. You will have seen that, friends. So you are forged. Your character has been proven and changed. And so now it is in you because you've seen God come through. You, it is in you to be more drawn to believe and wait for him and know that he's going to come through for you again. Do, do you hear that? That's why character produces hope because you've been changed to now go, I believe he's going to come through again. You get it? It's going to happen. I think God can come through. I've seen him come through. Now, parentheses, and the opposite is true as well. To the extent that we have not waited faithfully for God, then we haven't seen him rescue and heal and comfort and solve and sustain us. So we don't have that character to be drawn to believe he's going to come through again. But man, that beauty the scripture teaches that in fact, it will happen. We will become changed and character will produce hope because we're like, oh, I've seen God come through. I'm all about it. 
I mean, it, all we have to do is think about who it is in our life that we know we can count on. I mean, my, my small group of guys, you guys, there is no doubt in my brain at all that I could come to them in any mood, with any struggle, with any, all of it. And they will be present for me. One phone call, night or day, and those guys are going to love and care for me and support me and hold up my hands. I just know it. I live knowing that that will be true because I've seen it. You, you tracking with me? So here's what hope is then. It's this idea. This is probably a great illustration of hope. And there's a slide here for you to see it. Hope is living expectantly. It's living expectantly, being alert to what God's going to do next. I get that out of Eugene Peterson's translation of the message. That, uh, that that's what he, he, he uh, translates Romans 5 to say that. That we're going to be alert and live expectantly to what God is going to do next. Isn't that beautiful? Look at that one more time. Just look at the, the words in there. Our character gets changed. We've seen God work because we've waited on him and he's come through. Oh, he changes us to now living expectantly, being alert the fact that he's going to do something again. And what is it? And we live that way. I love that thought of living in hope that what's God going to do next? What are you going to do next, God? What are you going to do next? Have you ever met those believers in Jesus who are like unshakable? You know who I'm talking about? You, you see those people and you're like, oh, I don't know that I relate to them. Like they're unshakable believers and they're often older. And sometimes we kind of want to write them off or like, oh, Bless their little hearts. They're sort of not living the same reality I'm living. They're out there in old people world where, you know, it's easier than it is in my world. We just want to write them off. But friends, listen, those believers who are unshakable, they're not being pie in the sky. Here's the reality. They have struggled and they've struggled longer and harder than you, by the way. And they have persevered with him. They've hung in there with God and they've seen him come through. And so they have answers to prayer logged in their journals written down. This is how God's come for, through for me. And here's how God's come through for me. And here's how God's come through for me. And here's how God's come through for me. And so what's happened is they have been changed and they live expectantly alert to what God is going to do next. Does that not inspire you to who you want to be? Somebody who goes, okay, look at, I am going to live knowing that whatever I'm facing right now, God's going to come and show up. That's character producing I mean, sorry, character pro producing, um, uh, what, oh my gosh, am I just out of control right now? Um, I'm totally blanking on, on the word, right? Uh, uh, hope, character producing hope. <laughs> That's character producing hope that God will come through. I've even lost the word hope in my mind because I'm already thinking this expectation that God will come through. Well, let me encourage you and close with this. You, you paint the pic let me paint the picture of what living life expectantly will look like with God. What's it look like if we've hung in there faithfully and seen him work? Three quick things. You can write them down and go reflect on them later. If we, if we hang in there with God and see him work, our character will be such that, it, one, we expect him to be present. We expect him to be present. We will actually live like we're not alone. We'll live like all this... Christian mumbo jumbo is true, that he's with us every minute of every day in the midst of it all, and that he cares. We live like he's here, friends. Well, man, this is such a great, huge, giant, all alone wound that we all live with. It's the biggest wound that humankind carries right now, that we just believe we're all alone. And I just want to challenge you to live expectantly 
based on the past of what God has done, that he is present with you. Examine all of your fears and your envy and your mood swings and your temptations, because behind it is some form of a lie that says, geez, I'm on my own here, so what? No, practice expecting him to be present. Oh, I wish I had time to preach this. What would it look like to practice expecting him to be present? So we expect him to be present too. If we've hung in there faithfully and we see him at work and our character becomes such that we will come to expect him to bring life. We'll expect him to bring life. He'll be the spark. He'll be the fire. He'll be the power that we live. This is supernatural life empowered by his Holy Spirit. Character gets us to the place where we expect that. We hope for that. We can live in that. We're like, oh, I need some power. Guess what? The Holy Spirit's present. I got it. See, all of the fruit that makes us most human, that makes us most righteous, that does this thing right, or this relationship with God the way it's designed to be, it comes from His Spirit at work within us. We're powerless, friends, to change our attitudes or our habits. But we learn this character produces hope that he can transform us, that he can bring life. And so we practice living like there's power available. Come on now, church. Somebody got to preach that message. I want to tag team Danny right now. Somebody, we, we got to live like there's power available. That's what happens when our character gets changed. We're like, oh yeah, come on now. There's power. So what is it that we're facing? What fear, what obstacle, what struggle, what suffering, what, what injustice do we face? Friends, we don't go, gosh, I'm on my own. We go, no, there's power. And so we take that to the Lord. And then last, if we've hung in there faithfully and we've seen him work, then our character becomes such that we expect him to bring his future, his future. We expect him to bring his will, his direction, his future. Of course, then the point here is that his future, his will is life at its best. That's life at its fullest. Knowing that Jesus is going to be the Lord of our tomorrow, that's the expectation that we have. So we live like he's here with power to lead us to his will, and it's going to be so good. This is why this verse is so famous, really, from Jeremiah 29. It's in the PDF, but let me read it for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, again, oh, if it's too familiar, don't, don't let it go by without grasping how beautiful this is again. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I, I have a future, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you, anybody know the next word? Hope and a future. And then you will call on me and come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know that verse? Go back and look at that verse again at some point in the next day or so. Listen, that it's all there. It's like, I'm not alone. There's power in by the Holy Spirit. And in fact, then God will give me his future. That's what we come to expect. We practice living like we're not alone. We practice living like there's power. We come expecting, we see everything through the grid of believing that then God's tomorrow is going to be best for me and for his glory. So how do you apply all this? I mean, we zoom all the way back out. Maybe you're stuck somewhere in that progression of going, yeah, I'm not rejoicing in my sufferings yet because you've not been able to stop and go, no, God's at work somewhere in here. Or maybe you're you're seeing that, but but you're not persevering. You're not waiting on God. You've just bailed out, man. They mail wine right to your house. You could just bail out through this thing and not interact with Jesus through what he has for you. 
Or maybe you're not allowing that character to be forged because you're compromising your character. Or maybe this final step is the thing that you need, that you have persevered and you've hung in there with God, and therefore you've seen him come through for you. And so it's inside you now to believe, to expect that he's going to be with you and that there's power and that his future, your future is in his hands and his future is the best. Now, church, this is our hope for you, that you would be alert to the next thing that God is going to do. That's what this progression brings. Let's not waste this suffering by not persevering and developing character and character because we've now been changed. We've expect and hope that God will move and work. Thanks be to God that he has orchestrated this. Let's get in that progression with him by his grace. He is our hope. In fact, he is our living hope. Let's worship together through this song of worship.